Welcome to the Hey Soul Sister podcast, where Mel Histon will guide you through life's big questions and bring you one step closer to doing this crazy journey as best you can. Hey Soul Sisters, I have the fabulous Lara Lupish with me in the studio today. Hey, Lara. Hello. So, Lara has actually been on Hey Soul Sister before, but... She's back. And what I love about Lara is she's such an inspirational story about really going for your dreams. For those of you I'm gonna do, who don't maybe haven't listened to the previous episode, which was about a year ago. I think it was. Yeah. yeah. Gosh, so, what's happened in that year, hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. So Lara is stylist to the stars. You began your career styling Nelly Furtado for I'm Like a Bird. Mm. I love that. I get so excited by that because I love that song and Lara went on to um, have a wonderful career in magazines and fashion and styling and then has created her own fashion magazine Fasson. Mm-hmm. So how old is Fasson now? Fasson is five years old and we're actually just about to release our 10th issue. So for those of you who have been under a rock and don't know Fasson, <laughs> <laughs> what was the why did you create Fasson? Uh, because I moved back to Newcastle and I'm an overcastrian through and through and there really wasn't a job for me here as a fashion editor, creative director. Because that's stylist. That, that's that's what you've been doing in Sydney. Yes, and abroad. And abroad. Yeah. Yes. So came home and just thought, well, there's really no jobs, so I'll just make something up. So I made up this magazine, <laughs> which is beautiful, a beautiful glossy fashion magazine. This has been a crazy year, and for a print mag, a glossy fashion print mag, where you have photo shoots with celebrities and fashion models. Hmm. Um, how do you how do you do that? How did COVID impact on you and Fasson? It shut us down, really. We had to stop. So when COVID hit, we were halfway through shooting the winter issue and we were deep into organising our winter runway event. So every time we launch an issue, we have a big event as well. So, yeah, it just all fell apart. A lot of our advertisers pulled, a lot of our sponsors pulled. Well, you know, I suppose businesses were struggling. Yes. Yeah. And and there was nothing to put their money into. So we couldn't have an event. And also for us, because we are a glossy hard copy magazine and we're free, all our distribution points were shut. You know, like the airport and we we're in flight magazine for Fly Pelican and we were in all the local hotel rooms and we were in Westfield and and cafes and restaurants and bookstores and so everything closed so just within 72 hours they all just the emails started coming and it's like sorry we're out we're out we're out how was that for you hard <laughs> very hard because it's because it's hard anyway it was hard you know this has been the hardest 5 years of my life of my career my professional life not knowing what i'm doing like knowing what i'm doing as a fashion editor or an art director or something like that but not knowing what i'm doing as a editor of a magazine I just made it up as I went along so you know I learned along the way I learned about you know how to get advertisers you know how to get sponsors you know plus we're a very small team so you know I was one day I had my creative director's hat on the next day I had my fashion editor's hat on the next day I had my sales manager's hat on and I never I didn't really know how it worked how the advertising world worked how the sponsorship world worked it was just really tough so over all these years of struggling finding finance 
to to keep the magazine going and trying something new because yes. you've worked for magazines yes you know for big magazines yes. as a stylist but now to create your own business and your own magazine it's yeah. like throwing you into a whole other world absolutely so that was really difficult did you have the moment where you were on the in the fetal position yeah i was and then just sort of morphed into a different emotion and now Looking back on the last eight months, you know, it's been the best thing ever for Fasson to go through this. I feel like we're a phoenix rising. Yeah. And I feel like I've actually had time to think and reflect and everything was so reactive for Fasson and for me. We were always churning out big things that needed big budgets, that needed big attention, that needed everything to be big, big, big. Because I was my ultimate thing was to get the attention of the country yeah, as well as the local market, and certainly it's a magazine of such quality that it could sit on the international stage. Yeah, and that's what it was in the beginning. So when we first came out, um, we were actually distributed through Fairfax, and we were international as well. Yeah, and that was when it was in the newsagents, and and you bought it. So there was, there's been so many metamorphoses <laughs> of Fasson, you know, then after that, although it was a beautiful magazine and I think my biggest pride and joy around that period was people sending me pictures of Fasson in a newsagent and it was on the stands in between Vogue and Harper's Bazaar and there was Fasson. So the newsagent people thought it was nice enough to put there So and that it had the same quality. So that was great. But, you know, financially it was just not good. And there's a reason why I suppose, you know, there's been um, a shrinking of the um, print Absolutely. magazine market. And that's kind of why we went through our first change, which was to become a free, ma- a free publication magazine and then also to become a mini magazine because it was a cost thing. So it was either pivot at that point or close. Yep. Number one, I wouldn't have a job. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, my husband and I made a decision together to refinance our house and put a lot of money into Fasson wow. privately. But that's how determined I was to keep it afloat because I knew that Newcastle needed this and what it was. I think it was really important to a city that's growing and changing and um, flourishing and evolving and becoming way cooler. Want to fill your soul with more? Go to thesisterco.com. You've also been supported by many friends yeah. of yours and yes. models and people that have come in and really rallied around you. Yeah, I've, yeah. Been, I've been very lucky. Yeah. A lot of other people that had my job would really monopolise their position with their celebrity clients, whereas I just never felt comfortable doing that. So I was always there to make them look good, feel good, produce the best result for them. So I never really asked anyone for anything. And then when Fasson came to be, I just, you know, would politely send a little DM to Ricky Lee or Kate Ritchie or, you know, all my old clients and say, oh, (laughs) a new issue's coming out. Would you be interested in maybe doing a shoot with me? And they all, all of them, no one said no. Yeah. And and I think for me that was the big thing was to actually and plus we shot them here in Newcastle. We I made them come to us. I love the shoot you did with um Ricky Lee Coulter at the Newcastle Barbs. Yes. Stunning. Yeah, and you know what the great thing is with that is we also did a, a runway event there because we always try to creatively match up what our cover story is and our cover shoot looks like with what our event looks like that launches that issue. So we shot her at Newcastle Barnes. We brought her the night before, put her in a hotel, brought the hair and makeup team in and um, yeah, did a huge shoot there and it was beautiful and she loved it and she was blown away. And then consequently, probably a month later, we had our big runway event there, which we had 300 guests 
and um, the brand Camilla launched part of their new collection there. So it was exclusive to um, Fasson. And what I've recently found out too, and this is where I feel like we're really finally getting somewhere, is um, Camilla only showed in 2019 in Harrods in London, in Neiman Marcus in New York, and at the Fasson Runway in Newcastle. Wow, so that's only, a coup. Yeah, so that's – but that's what this has been all about, like getting those sorts of accolades for Newey <laughs> to have – you know, to say, well, you know, we had that collection show – and the really cool thing is I stumbled across, I had a press release sent to me the other day from Zimmerman with their new campaign and it was shot at Newcastle Bars. Wow. Yeah. And there was another brand we've just noticed too called August the Label and they've I also know. shot it there. So you've started was, a trend. Well, I hope I hope that what happened was because of the press and the media that we had around the summer runway and Ricky's shoot, because obviously Ricky flogged it and pushed it out, that those brands saw a beautiful location at Newcastle Bars that they would never have known before because, you know, Sydney's in a bit of a fashion bubble. So, yeah, they brought their teams here and they shot here and, and you know, it showcased our beautiful city. Let's get soulful on social media. Search the Sister Code Facebook page and follow us on Instagram. What do you love about fashion? Oh, that's a hard question. I like that it comes back. I like to see how designers reinvent art history and utilise art. I saw an amazing exhibition at the Met in New York and it was called Models as Muse. And it was fashion through the ages with iconic models and, you know, wearing, you know, beautiful couture and it was – I just loved it. I bought the book yeah, um, that we, and the poster <laughs> that, hangs, that I had framed and it hangs in my lounge room. You'll have to come and have a look at I'd it. I'd love to see it. And um, and it, it – and I bet the fashion, even though the models were um, – you know, it was about the models, but the fashion, mm. you know, to see that. And, and also it's exciting to go, well, look at that then and it's come around again and it's yeah. come around and being reinvented in, in different ways. Yeah, I, I've – I mean, art history is really important to me. My house is full of all different art books. That's what inspires me. And, you know, with my team, that's how I teach them to sort of create as well. Yeah. So during the COVID, one of the things that you did was pivot to a digital format. Yes, we did. So are you looking to go back to print at some stage? Uh, Yes, I think so. My arm was twisted to move to a digital platform. With the COVID times and... Yeah. I mean, we didn't have a choice. Yeah. And... That was sort of in response to, you know, what happened with COVID and everything shutting down and our advertisers. I actually went back to all of our advertisers and said, look, we're trying a new format. I don't expect you to put any finance towards this, but we're just going to comp you this and we're just going to show you what it can do. And actually the results and the stats and everything off the back of that is exceeding any expectations I could have ever had. But I'm definitely a magazine snob (laughs) and I love reading magazines. And people were saying to me for years and years, why aren't you digital? Go digital. And I'm like, no, I don't want it. I don't want it. I love a magazine. Um, but I think it's, it's, a, it's a modern format and it's interactive and we can put video in there because we shoot all our shoots have, you know, film on them. So we shoot BTS so everyone can see how it's created and you can click and the advertisers can click on, um, you know, you can click through to, to anyone and um, it's just it's very effective. But, yeah, we'll print again one day. I think it might be a special version here and there. Yeah. But it, it's 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 a luxury item paper. It definitely is. Who would have thought paper's no. a luxury item? 
<laughs> it is. And especially, and that's, you know, so, you know, I whinge yeah. and I complain about, you know, the finance, but I also, you know, pick the best paper, pick the best cover card. It's like I could have gone cheaper, but no, had to be glossy, shiny, drippy, pretty, yeah. not see-through. So it's my own fault. <laughs> hey, so I want to give a quick shout out. When you were having advertisers that dropped off and we're sending you those emails during the, um, you know, the early COVID times, who was it that stood by you? Give them a shout out. Ah, well, the people that have been with us for years yeah, from the beginning, yep. people that believe in us, they're, they're locals. Yeah. Scrubber bodies stuck by us, anaplastic surgery, Amber. Oh, Amber Moncrief. She's always, she's always been there, but you know, it was like, I'm not going to deny that it was a tactical thing in the beginning to go and shoot her and make her, turn her into her own ad. And that was really a fun way to meet her and to get to know her. And she's super stylish and fabulous. She's very fabulous. Yeah. Um, you know, Lily's sensation, you know, the, the usual local retailers, fashion retailers, on, on a larger scale, Westfield actually. And, you know, it's hard with things like that because we are very bespoke and we are behind, you know, up-and-coming designers and, and Westfield is quite corporate. But, you know, that's where those designers end up. So, you know, for example, like Age, you know, I knew Edwina from Age that's the owner and designer at Age. When she started and I used to go to her shop in King's Cross next to Hugo's, no one would use her stuff and I was putting it on covers and, you know, I've seen her right from from the start and how difficult it was and they all have to start somewhere like that in order to end up somewhere commercially viable. And I know there's distinct two schools of thought on that, but I think, you know, if we all support each other and the brands all support each other and, and it keeps everything buoyant. So I think that's a healthy attitude to have. I agree. Um, I had on He Soul Sister podcast a few months ago, um, Nerida Bint and Nadine Barreto, and they were talking about um, COVID and how it smashed them. And, you know, Nez, yeah. you know, had an all-female gym. Gyms were closed. <laughs> I know, you know and it's she, terrible. And she talked about being, you know, being in the fetal position in the bathroom on the yeah. floor, sobbing yeah. and having essentially a breakdown. Yes. And it all just fell apart. But you know what I love? You said something earlier and Nez has certainly done this is, you know, the phoenix rising from the ashes. Mm. And Nadzi did the same with eight recruitment. Yes. She said, you know, she had a week of like meltdown cry and then she had to get up and work her butt off. Yeah. And just, Absolutely. you know, and this is the same. And, you know, and as you said earlier, this is going into this very special 10 edition anniversary. Mm. This is, this is Fasson's rising Phoenix rising from the ashes after <laughs> this crazy messed up year. <laughs> yeah. And this was, you know, this year was just the icing on the cake. It was like, like, are you kidding? Yeah. But, you know, it's it also forced me to look and think and stop and not react and look at what I had and what was working and what wasn't. And it was – I'm very – I'm actually very grateful for what 2020 has given to me. We have a choice. We all have a choice in life, no matter what we get <laughs> thrown at us. You know, you either can get down on the floor and never get up again or you rise. Yeah. You find that, that, that fire somewhere in your belly, yep. you know, and that belief and all you, or you surround yourself with really supportive people who genuinely have your best interests at heart. Yeah. And you rise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. 
And I know what I, and it's bloody hard. I'm telling you. <laughs> but, um, you we know. We always have these emotional conversations, don't we? Like sitting here crying. <laughs> but, but, and it's really true. And I suppose I see that every day through Got You Back, Sister. But I like to get real because I think there's no point in going, oh, everything's rosy every day. And actually, you know, everything's perfect and everything comes easily because it doesn't. No. And, and I, what I love about you, Lara, is that you actually get really real. You don't go, oh, well, I created this magazine and it's, it's fab- it is fabulous. But you go, I've had to do all this to get it there. It's been very, 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 very hard. Like I can't even, I don't know how I got through it. It's just crazy. But Fasson is beautiful. If you have not managed to get your hands on Fasson, the hard copy or the digital version, you have to go and check it out. And Lara, you're a soul sister. So, you know what, Soul Sisters have got to support Soul Sisters. So, you know, Lara, I'm, I'm hats off to you, girlfriend. Thank you. I can't wait to see the next edition. Well, you're in it. <laughs> Did you know that? I did know that, but I wasn't going to say that. I can't wait to see the next edition because I'm in it. Well, the story looks beautiful. You look beautiful and it's amazing. And, you know, I totally love what you do. And I think it's you do such an incredible job for Newcastle yourself. So you deserve those, I think, eight glossy pages you got. Well, they're not. Well, they are glossy. They're just glossy in a different way. Digital glossy. (laughs) Yeah. Want to save your soul? Review us on Apple Podcast. Tell us some more about this edition that's coming out. Okay. Besides Mel. Uh, besides you. It ended up being very Newcastle, which was kind of unexpected. Mm. Um, but I think that's just where my head kind of went. So it was interesting. So when did you start working on this edition? We just shot our cover last Friday. We're not late, but it's still not finished. But at least I don't have to scramble for print. Yeah. Because when, when we used to print and when we will print again one day, we had to get print proofs and I had to sign them all off and, you know, you're sort of at the mercy of the printer. But now it's kind of, you know, we can go live the night before, really. Yeah. I'm not going to say what the cover is, although if you go to our Instagram, you'll probably put two and two together. But it's a very cool Newcastle little family and um, they're very sexy and cool and nice people. Yeah. And then there's obviously you. You're our other feature. And then there's heaps of fashion. Yeah. So the last one we ended up, my friend Samantha Wills was the cover um, because we couldn't shoot a cover. It sort of all turned, all went downhill as we were just about to do the cover. And that was already being planned. So that cover's going to actually be next winter and that's going to be a very cool cover. So we're still going to do that little activation there. We can't wait to see that come out. Yeah. it's um. So yeah, we just pulled in stock imagery from Samantha. Yeah. So I think I've gone a little crazy with the shoot. So it's a lot of fashion. Plus with digital, I don't have any restraints on page count. So it can be as long as it's you want. It's long. I hope it's not too long. I don't know. I think with digital, you want to flick a little bit more. Want to fill your soul with more? Go to thesisterco.com. Okay, so now I'm doing a pop quiz. So we know who your first celebrity styling job was, and that was Nelly Furtado. Yep. Okay, tell me what has been your favourite celebrity to work with? Probably Delta Goodrum. Really? Yeah, I love her. It was good with her because I was with her for a long time and we really worked on it together. So, so is that in terms of her personal like styling for events and things or for like Everything. magazines and whatever, whatever she – yeah, The Voice – uh, magazine shoots, cover shoots. Did you pick up some of daughter's outfits for the boys? Everything. <laughs> oh, my God. 
Yeah. Delta looks fabulous. Oh, yeah, not voice. for this season, not for yeah. this last one. It was a while ago, but yeah, she was it was interesting because she also had a style and she needed a change. So I kind of gently pushed her into a slightly different direction, which yep. I'm not her stylist anymore, but I can see she revisits what her and I developed together. So that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. I thought that black um, suit she wore during this season was interesting. I was yeah. like, oh, okay. Yeah. Hmm. She looked great. She looked fabulous. But I was like, oh, that's a different. Yeah. she's Her and I did suits together. She'd never done that before. But I love Ricky Lee too. She's amazing. She, she's super proactive and knows exactly what she wants. Yeah. As far as her style goes. So is most of your work um, in terms of the whole celeb world, was that more magazines or was it more like for events? No, actually events was what I did least of. Yeah. I didn't like to do events too much. So I would tell my agent not to book me for any event styling just because, you know, they go out in that, you know, Versace dress <laughs> and, <laughs> and, the, trash it. and the multi-million dollar jewellery. Well, not multi-million dollar, but expensive and yeah, it wouldn't come home the same way it went out. What's been your biggest breakout moment from a from a shoot styling shoot perspective? When this one talent didn't like anything I had and it had never happened to me. Ever. Were they nasty to you about it? Are you passive to, aggressive? Are you allowed to say who it is? Uh I can't remember her name. Oh jeez. What do you do in that situation? I just kept my cool and smiled and said, We'll fix it. Don't yeah. worry, we'll fix it. So then I sent my assistant to Westfield and said Here's my credit card, just go buy. But I think it's just with women that are that age, they're very set in their style. So if it's not exactly what they're used to, and usually I would have a fitting with someone that I've not worked with before because, you know, on the day you want to make sure that you're sorted. Yeah. But we got it and she loved it. Oh. It's always fine in the end. It's just, <laughs> it's just a disaster. It was just a disaster. It was awful. I was shaking. I was like, oh, my God. She didn't know. Which is interesting because I'm just going to say I'm no model, um, but if I was doing a fashion shoot or something and the stylist told me to wear something, I'd probably just shut up and wear it. Yeah. I'd be I like, think- I'm just going to wear this because I got told to wear it. But exactly. But that's the difference between styling celebs and styling models. Models. The real everyday people. <laughs> Models will wear anything because that's their job. You know, they're beautiful coat hangers. It's like Carrie Bradshaw. I remember when she was in Sex in the City when she was. She's like, oh, I'm one of the real people. Oh, I don't want people to think I think I'm a model. That's right. And then they gave her a pair of underpants to wear. Well, I'm famous. My mum always says to me, she goes, Lara, why do you like put people on your runway with like jackets and no pants on? I'm like, I don't know. I just like that look. Yeah. I don't know. Especially if they've got great legs. Yeah. And what has been your favourite um, cover that you've styled? I've got three and they all won awards. So I think that's why I love them. Yeah. So one was Sexiest People for Who. And then another one was um, Jessica Mowboy, Megan Gale and Ricky. Yeah. Ricky Lee. I think I remember that one. Yeah, it was yep. f- and the paparazzi. That was funny because the paparazzi were there, and we had to put Ricky. <laughs> we had to put Ricky in the back of the car and put her down on the ground so they wouldn't. This was hilarious, and they were coming in helicopters and everything. And yeah, it was pretty funny. <laughs> like they were there, and they yep. were like all hiding, and oh. that's hilarious. So we, I had to literally put her in the back of my car and put. She had to scooch down. Yeah. While we drove from her house to set. Yeah. So wow. they didn't even put her in the car that was supposed to drive her because I think the paps got onto the fact that there was this big shoot happening in Northern Beaches in Sydney. That's hilarious, yeah. the whole paparazzi moment. And then the other one I really loved was um, 
Just Malboy again, Kate Ritchie and Lara Bingle. Ah. Yes. Yeah. And that was just after the diamond ring incident where oh. she chucked Michael Clark's diamond ring into Down the toilet. toilet. <laughs> That's all right. They'd get the plumber <laughs> got cold. She was hard. She yeah. was very hard. I don't think she'd be like that now. I think that was way in the beginning of her career. She was very young back then. Yeah. Young and I think, yeah, that was an interesting day. You know what's funny? I remember seeing, uh, reading a, an article once, and it was with Lindsay Lohan, and she was telling, sharing advice that Jane Fonda had given her when they were shooting the film Georgia Rule, and Jane Fonda said to her, "When you come to the set every day, you need to be really aware of how you come in and how you are, because you will Im- impact everybody on this set." Absolutely, as, as the Hollywood actor main you know one of the key actresses you will impact everybody so when you come to set you need to come and you need to you know be like nice and friendly and what have you because if you come in in you know in the foul mood you will impact everybody in the entire day yeah and she was saying you know what valuable advice that was and I go I guess it's the same it's like no what what are you bringing what are you bringing into the day what are you bringing into the shoot when they are in that mood it's actually me what I do or the makeup people we're intimate with this the talent the celebrity whoever they are um hair and makeup is touching their face yeah and i'm seeing them with their clothes off really yeah (laughs) or their g-strings or whatever and it's because it's all very quick and we're going to try things on quickly there's no time for any kind of um being shyness (laughs) (laughs) i remember when i worked with mel b she was unreal Honestly, she got she took it all off and she was standing there and I'm just like, I don't know where to look. <laughs> I was like, okay. okay. Actually, that was probably one of my favorite one of my favorite pictures that, that I did with her. Yeah. I worked with her for a little while after that. Was that in who? Uh, I can't remember what magazine that was for. That was a long time ago. Yeah. So, she was wild. You have had one amazing career. Yeah, she was I, I went to her house to do a fitting. And they'd obviously rented her and her family a, a mansion on the water in Sydney, as you do, because mm-hmm. that's what they get. And literally you'd walk in and there was a foyer and there was like two staircases, round staircases going up. And on every single step, there was a pair of luxury shoes. I, I couldn't believe my eyes. <laughs> I was just like, well, why am I getting you shoes? Yeah. When we can just look at all these get shoes. these ones. Wow. Yeah. So she was fun. How, she was fun. How the other half live. Yeah, it's it's yeah. extraordinary. Yeah. Well, you really have had one cool career, my friend. And now mm. you've got your own magazine. Yeah. I, you know, this is – I'm really happy where I am and I don't think I'd want to go back to my old job Yeah. because this is – you know, I've been lucky enough to work with great people and meet great people and work with people that have really high standards. So, I mean, I'm really happy to share that knowledge with Fasson. Yeah. Okay. What have you learned? What have you learned through this crazy journey? Don't take it personally. Be professional. Do what you love is probably the biggest thing. I'm lucky I've got a job that I adore. And in every phase that it's been through, whether it was you know the film industry overseas or, or print or magazines or facon, I've loved every step of it. And I don't regret anything, you know, even the hard times. It's, it's all been absolutely integral in doing what I do. Well, I cannot wait to see edition 10 no, it did. Rising. <laughs> I can't wait for it to come out and see it. Good on you. you. Like, you've had one amazing, cool career. And, you know, yep, you've had a really challenging year and worked your tushy off. 
and all the community needs to get behind Lara and Fasson. Oh, thank you. Um, and when I say community, I mean not just Newcastle because actually our biggest um, listeners are in Sydney, Melbourne. Yes. <laughs> Melissa, all the soul sisters all over um, and even some over in the States as well. Please reach out for Fasson. Now it's digital. You can get your hands on a copy even over in the States. Yes, you can. Check out the beautiful fashion um, styling and work of Lara Creative Work. And um, thank you so much for coming in and oh. getting soulful with us. Thank you so much for having me. Yay. I loved it. Thanks. Thanks, sister. Thanks for listening to Hey Soul Sister with Mel Histon. What would help you on your crazy life journey? Email melissa at thesistercode.com.